Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. Prana's the sideline, 10-5, and an Indian touchdown. That'll put the icing on the cake. To the pros. Deep left center field, Isbell sprints over into the gap, dives, and he made the catch! Whoa! Kyle Isbell out of nowhere! The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen! Pitch to Doyle, and he hits out right to left field. Going back is Gurriel. It's gone! On a 2-0 pitch, the rookie hits his eighth home run of the year to break the tie, and the Rockies take a 5-3 lead. A high fly, deep right center field. Matt Waller does it again. Wow. Deep left center field. And good Wednesday morning. It's the Morning Blitz on 1025 UROC, simulcasting on AM730, Fox Sports, Tri-State. Of course, also streaming available online, nwksradio.net, The Rocking MF. Thank you for tuning in on this Wednesday morning. Nice start to the day at 65 degrees. Going to be a hot one, though, today. 99 degrees, the expected high in our listening area. Maybe some triple digits in some spots, but... No doubt upper 90s today. Triple digit expected to be on Friday. So a really, really warm, warm day after a couple of pretty decent, you know, summer days. The last couple days getting really hot here today. And then again on Friday after a bit of a cool down on Thursday. But uh, once again, welcome into the Morning Blitz. As always, you want to be part of the Morning Blitz, you can join us through our text line. The number 785-899-2222. Want to hear from you. Get your thoughts, comments, opinions, questions, whatever it may be. Hit us up on the text line, 785-899-2222. Today's program, we will be welcoming in Ryan Gilbert of GoPowerCat.com, talking Kansas State football and some basketball. We'll talk K-State football for sure, talk about the Wildcats being put 16th in the AP poll, get Ryan's thoughts on that. We'll also get the latest on what's been going on inside the Wildcat camp as they have been continuing fall camp or you know whatever you call it, fall camp, late summer camp getting ready for the 2023 uh, football season. So we'll visit with Ryan Gilbert of GoPowerCat.com. Coming up today, I mentioned we'll talk some basketball because the K-State basketball team is on their current uh, international exhibition trip in Israel as well as Abu Dhabi. And so they will be... Uh, they played yesterday. We'll get to more on that in just a little bit, and we'll have Ryan's thoughts on on that going forward. So Ryan Gilbert, our guest of the day. We'll get to the Royals and the Rockies, who had come from behind wins on Monday night, but had late losses last night. We'll get to all the updated information on that coming up a little bit later on. But uh, let's start off this Wednesday show with the front page. Get you caught up on everything happening in our world of sports. Read all about it. Read all about it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. Hot off the press. It's the front page on the Morning Blitz. Front page, really? So the biggest news that came out yesterday was the news, the announcement that plans are being made and designs are now out, renderings are out for 
uh, David Booth Memorial Stadium for Kansas football. They are going to renovate that, the football complex, and also do a little bit more renovations to Allen Fieldhouse. There's been talks of this going on for weeks. I mean, it was even in Lance Leipold's contract. I don't even remember if anybody remembers that. Remember when Lance Leipold was signing a new deal at the end of last season, had this great year. There were some other schools that were sniffing around, including Nebraska. And Lance Leipold uh, ended up staying at Kansas. But in the in the makings of a new deal, he wanted written in his contract that his contract could be voided if KU does not go forth and do some renovations to the football facilities, stadiums, you know, complex, uh, you know, athletic training area, the locker room, players lounge, all that stuff. We've got to. He says, if if there's nothing like this done within the, this certain time frame, which was like a couple of years, then his contract is void. Now they haven't broken ground yet. They're not going to break any ground or do anything until after the conclusion of this season. And apparently, they're going to get a, not a majority of it, but a decent part of it done uh, before the 2025 season. So there'll be construction going on through the 24 season there at the booth. But they are going to be making some big-time changes uh, to uh, the booth, which it needed to be. I mean, it's it's one of the—if it's not the worst, it's got to be one of the worst football stadiums in Power 5. It has to be. It still looks like this—I went there back in the mid-90s, watched Nebraska crush them back in the mid-90s. It's the same exact thing. It hasn't really changed that much. Maybe they took the track away. That's about it. It's still pretty much the same exact thing there at the, at the booth. So they needed some some redoing. And so what they're going to be doing, now recently they've done some stuff. You know, they added an indoor practice facility a few years ago. Uh, they recently just got into the brand new locker rooms there uh, in Lawrence. Some brand new fancy locker rooms, you know, with air-conditioned seats and all this stuff, which is great. But they had to make... They had to make some sacrifices in order to get that done. You know, they lost the players' lounge. Um, you know, there were some other things that got taken away because of this new locker room and also because of some of this new training facility. And now they're going to bring the rest up to date for Kansas football. So there's going to be additional renovations to the Anderson Family Football Complex, which is, once again, where the locker room is, all that stuff in training spaces. They have a new training room. Locker rooms. That was announced just a few weeks ago, and the players got into it for the first time, I think, last week. But there's also going to be some more to work on that. They're going to have a new players' lounge. Um, there's all kinds of photos on KU, uh, KUathletics.com. But players' lounge, uh, you know, uh, golly, collaboration area. They've got all kinds of neat things. You know, pool tables. Uh, you know, a place where players can go get snacks and relax a little bit. They've got all these things, all these things that are coming into fruition uh, over the next couple of years to go along with the new locker rooms and training space that they got. But on top of that, they're going to have construction on. They're going to begin construction on the southwest, west, and north sides of the football stadium. That also includes a new conference center, and that work once again going to begin after this coming season and. Hopefully, be completed by the start of 2025. I mean, just the way things have gone, uh, I know in other com- in other complexes, like for example, Nebraska putting up a brand new uh, athletic complex there in Lincoln. It's been delayed because COVID was a big reason why, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. But the de- demand or supply of certain uh, things you need to build was another reason why. So you hope to be done and completed by the start of the 2025 season. But they're going to begin construction on the southwest, west, and north sides of the football stadium. Like I mentioned, that includes a conference center, and that's 
that's going to be a big thing because one of the big things that I think Athletic Director Travis Goff wanted was not just a football stadium. And this is kind of becoming the new age when it comes to, you know, football stadiums. It's not about just having, a, especially if you're on campus. You know, if you have a football stadium, and honestly, it could be anywhere to be completely honest with you, but it's about creating revenue all year. Instead of just having it for six, seven days out of a year, 365 and using it, it's about putting it to use, trying to put it to use more times than not. And so they're going to have a bunch of retail spaces, entertainment venues, office spaces, and lodging. That's going to be as part of the second overhaul, uh, which is on the south and east portions of the booth. So multi-use spaces with a mix of amenities is the way they described it. So they're going to do lots of different things. And that's what I think a lot of places want to do now. They want to be able to, whether you're on the outskirts of town, you want to be able to draw people to, you know, bars and uh, venues and stuff like that for the pregame and the postgame, make it a whole day out there. Or if you have a venue that's in town, in the round campus, like a lot of college campuses do, you want it to be so that you can not only just use it for football, but use it for plenty of other things as well, whether that's, you know, meetings or conferences, whatever it may be, that kind of stuff. And so that's what's going to be happening with KU football. So once again, they're going to start. I'll reiterate this point again. They're going to start with continuing to do additional renovations to the Anderson Family Football Complex. Uh, that, like I said, players lounge, things like that. A brand new, they're going to have this uh, glass front. I think it's a player's meeting area. Pretty cool area that's off on the corner of one of the stadium, uh, one part of the stadium. Uh, but they're also going to have, they're going to begin construction on the southwest, west, and north sides of the stadium. That includes a new conference center. So that's all going to be going on and hopefully completed by the start of 2025. And then once again, they're going to begin the second portion of, of this after that and hopefully have uh that's going to uh, the south and the east portions are going to have multi-use spaces entertainment office space lodging retail spaces stuff that can drive revenue year-round so that's the plan and look it needed to be done and if you've seen pictures of it it's nothing extravagant i mean the stadium's not huge they, they haven't announced the capacity i mean i wouldn't make it big i mean i wouldn't make it i'd make it under fifty thousand. That'd be my vote, you know, keep it around, you know, between the 30 or probably between the 40 and 50,000 range. I guess that'd be my, my guess. I don't know, but you know, the capacity they're looking at, they're still going to kind of be that one open side of the stadium, a little like it is right now. It's still going to be kind of a horseshoe looking shape. Um, but you know, it's a sharp looking deal. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be really nice and. It's all part of the deal that that Kansas football and athletic director, you know, Travis Goff, they're all about, you know, advancing this program forward. They had a, they've got great momentum going into this year and they might lose a little bit. I don't think a lot, but maybe they lose a little bit of momentum. Uh, you know, this year with a tougher schedule. Maybe they struggle a little bit with that. But they still have plenty of momentum on this team. They've got a fantastic coach in Lance Leipold. And he's got it, and you know, he's getting new facilities now, and hopefully they break ground on that. And with that, that's going to keep his contract uh, from being voided. And so it's a good time for, for Kansas football. And so um, Travis Goff said, quote, we will in essence have a new football stadium. Even though they're not tearing it all down, they're pretty much redoing everything from the ground up while still trying. And this is a hard thing to do. It's hard to still, and it's not like, you know, these teams can just go anywhere. That's the hard part about, doing renovations on a stadium 
uh, because they're they're lengthy and they are a big time process. And there's not really many other places to go. You need that revenue as a university when you bring in the ticket sales and all that stuff. You need that money to do these things. And you want fans there, but it's hard to do because, you know, you have to kind of shut down portions of the stadium. I mean, you can go back to examples of Oregon State last year. I think they just finished theirs. They they shut down an entire half of their stadium. They went down. They cut the capacity in half and, and had a few games there. That's a lot of lost money. On ticket sales for or even Oregon State, and so that's the time. And you can, it's not like you can just go to another stadium, like the, another high school field, and go. No, that doesn't work. You need big facilities to pull this stuff off. I remember when the Bears redid Soldier Field. Remember they were playing a year in uh, in Champaign or in Champaign where Illinois plays. It worked, but I mean that's you can do that, but it's it's hard to find another place to go play, especially in a majority of the U.S. when you're not near a big city. So we'll see what happens going forward, but KU football going to get a new stadium and an area around it, which is much, much needed and has been for many, many years. Moving on to basketball here on the front page. That's mentioned early in the show. Kansas State basketball beginning their exhibition tour of Israel as well as Abu Dhabi, and they get a win over the Israeli select team last night, 94-87. Uh, the win there behind Arthur Kaluma, 23 points. The Creighton transfer was in double figures. He was joined by Cam Carter and grad transfer Tyler Perry out of North Texas, who had 17 points. Freshman R.J. Jones and Naquan Tomlin, big contributor from a year ago, added 13 points and 10 points, respectively. Carter also had a double-double with 10 rebounds, and Perry had 7 assists. Look, it's the Israeli national team. I'm not going to put a ton of stock into this game, but here's my biggest takeaway from this game. K-State, if this is the trend that uh, Coach Tang is going to continue on, if this is what he's going to do, if he's going to each year go out and pull a couple guys in the transfer portal that are dudes, K-State is going to continue to be a very, very good program. And I mean a program that's going to be competing for Sweet 16s. Uh, Once again, I still believe that last year was a really nice flash in the pan. Flash in the pan is a hard thing, but it was a really nice splash to have, you know, a whole brand new team put together in a year and have them come together perfectly and it worked out great. That's amazing. And to make it to Elite Eight, that was amazing. But, you know, I want to see, does it happen again this year? And the thing is, the pieces are kind of coming together to look like that. You've got a phenomenal... uh, a phenomenal stretch four type player in Arthur Kaluma. I watched him a lot at Creighton. Arthur Kaluma is good. Highly athletic. Can dribble. Can move. Can shoot it from deep. He really is a good player. And if Jerome Tang can develop him like he developed other guys, look for more success out of Arthur Kaluma this year. Even more than what he's had at Creighton in his, in his time. But Arthur Kaluma, really, really good player. Cam Carter is a guy that's developing which is great. Tyler Perry's another transfer guy, kind of like your Malik Knowles. Um, sorry, not your Malik Knowles. What am I saying that for? That's the football player. Um, geez, losing my mind here. But kind of like the K-State point guard from last year. I can't think of his name right now. Marquise Noel. There we go. But the graduate transfer, Tyler Perry, they're piecing things together. And it's starting. To, it looks a little bit like this. Now, once again, this is game number one with this team. Just one game with this team. 
But if they can continue to bring in young, talented pieces, which they are in the recruiting, bring in one or two high-impact transfers every year, they're, they're going to be in a great spot to be highly competitive each and every year. Now, once again, I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were last year. I think the Big 12 is going to be a better league, and Kansas is going to be a lot better than what they were, too. So it may be harder to close that gap on the top teams in the Big 12. Nonetheless, K-State's got some nice pieces. Once again, led by Arthur Kaluma. He's going to be really, really good. Really, really good, I think, for Kansas State. And we uh, wrap up the front page here with news coming out of Broncos camp. As it sounds like it is official, Javante Williams, the running back who tore his LCL and uh, ACL back in October, is set to play this coming weekend in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers. It's amazing. There was, there was news that he would not be able to return between a year to 18 months because of this LCL and ACL injury. But he's going to be back in just over 10 months competing. That's amazing work by two people. We're first and foremost by two things. Number one, Javante Williams and his his ability to you know you're young, you can heal faster, you do the right treatment, all that stuff. You're 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 great. You're very strict with your regiment regiment on how you're getting back onto the field. You can do this kind of thing, and then to the Broncos training staff as well, getting him ready to go. It's amazing, but also at the same time, you know it's. You look back at the history, you blow out a knee back in the 1950s, 60s, whatever, your career was over. Now you blow out a knee, give it less than a year, you'll be back on the field. It's amazing. Technology, science, uh, all that kind of stuff and hard work on top of it can get you back where you want to be. And so Sean Payton says that he's doing well, they have a plan, and they plan on playing him. Uh, he'll. They asked about a pitch count wise, and they said they'll be smart. But we do plan on playing him. That's what Sean Payton said yesterday, talking uh, Denver Broncos football there. But Javante Williams back and ready to roll. It looks like at least to get a, get his feet wet a little bit uh, with Sean Payton as his head coach now. Uh, Michael, our resident Broncos fan, says he's a machine. Him and Samaji are going to be a one-two punch that the Broncos need. Hopefully, hopefully for the Broncos, because I've said it before, I'll say it again. If Denver is going to be successful this year, it's going to come down to being able to have some resemblance of a running game. That makes Russell Wilson a heck of a lot better when the running game is somewhat decent. If the running game stinks, they won't be any good. Russell Wilson is a quarterback his entire career. When he has been at the top and thrived the most is when the team runs the ball really well and then they use that to set up the pla- the passing attack. You can go back to college when he played at NC State. You can go to when he grad transferred to Wisconsin and he, and he splashed onto the scene and how good he was there because they had a great running game at Wisconsin and they play action and he was getting great open looks all the time. And then at Seattle, they used them the same exact way. The Broncos last year didn't have a great running game. They tried to put too much on him. That's not how Russell Wilson has success. Russell Wilson has success when the running game is successful. And a lot of quarterbacks do, but especially Russell Wilson. Some guys can deal without a running game. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. They can go without those. They can be the true facilitator of the offense and get the ball in the right spot all the time. Most quarterbacks can't. Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks that can't do that. From what we've seen, he needs a running game to make it easier for him. 
And that's why Javante Williams is a humongous piece to the Broncos' success this 2023-24 season. So there you go. The front page here on this Wednesday morning. KU football getting a brand new stadium. Uh, The official plans are finally announced. Um, Arthur Kaluma leading the way for the Wildcat basketball team in their first exhibition game of Israel and Abu Dhabi. And my Javante Williams will officially be ready to go here this weekend against the 49ers. Let's get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk more K-State with our good friend Ryan Gilbert from GoParacount.com. That's next here on The Blitz. This message is for Karina, our mom who finished her high school diploma at age 28. Hi, Mom. It's Emmedith and Nicholas. Congratulations on getting your diploma. You worked so hard and have taught us so much. We We love love you. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Lowe's knows how to save pros time and money. Right now, save 10% on select concrete mix when you buy one pallet or more. Plus, earn three times the bonus points per dollar on select Spider Power Tool accessories. Because Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Discount reflected in contractor pack pricing and must purchase one pallet or more of same item to be eligible. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. Valid through 9-1. It's time for a check of the markets with the Anderson Trade Group on the Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio Network. Good morning. This is Paige Chapman at the Andersons with your morning grain report on Wednesday, August 16th. In the overnight market, September corn is up two and a quarter at 466 and a quarter. December up one and three quarters at 477 and a quarter. And March up one and three quarters at 491. September soybeans are up nine and a quarter at 1332 and a half. November up nine and a half at 1314 three quarters. January up 10 at 1325 and a half. September Kansas City wheat is down one and a half at 7.36. December down three quarters at 7.44 three quarters. And March down a half at 7.50 and a quarter. Dow Jones is down 56 points at 34,951. S&P down nine at 4,445. NASDAQ down 39 points at 15,068. Gold is down $2.20 at $1,933. Silver is up three cents at twenty two sixty eight, and crude oil is up fourteen cents at eighty one thirteen. If you have any risk management questions or grain you would like to market in the Colorado area, you can reach John Hankey or Joseph Koning at nine seven zero seven four 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 eight four, or in the Overland Park office, you can reach myself, Paige Chapman, Tom Saluto, or Tyler Ghosh at nine one three seven four eight. 3, the Anderson Trade Group, proud market partners with Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio. Find out more at andersongrain.com. The risk of loss through trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance, whether actual or indicated, is not indicative of future results. The Anderson Trade Group has no guarantee that the advice given will result in profitable trades. Corn rootworm is a ruthless pest, which is why Bayer is relentless in its innovation. SmartStacks Pro with RNAi technology is now here with an RNAi-based mode of action unlike anything that's come before, plus two proven B 
BT traits, it's innovation that equals the strongest biotech defense in medium to high corn rootworm pressure environments now available. Talk to your seed dealer about defending like a pro with SmartStacks Pro technology. Always read and follow IRM grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Performance may vary. It's always growing season. It's time to grow your profitability with fall sales deals on Zimatic Irrigation Systems. For a limited time, get 24 months no payments. That's two years deferred payment on fall delivery of a new Zimatic Pivot. Hurry, your Zimatic Pivot will last for generations, but this deal won't last long. Talk to your local dealer about more offers and incentives today or go to lindsay.com forward slash let's go to claim your offer. It's always growing season. Let's go. Wrap up your summer with another fantabulous dive-in movie day at the Colby Aquatic Park on Saturday, August 19th. For 15 bucks a person or 50 for a family four-pack, see Moana, Aquaman, and Jaws while you spend one final day in the pool. The Colby Police Department will serve hot dogs, chips, and drinks, plus other concessions will be available. The last hurrah of summer, the dive-in movie, brought to you by Valley Hope, the Thomas County Community Foundation, with added support from Hoover Lumber and Second Street Boutique. Midwest Energy begins charging demand rates for residential customers on January 1st, 2024. In August, Midwest is sending all residential customers a mailer explaining demand rates. Participate in the Summer Demand Challenge and you'll learn how appliance use impacts demand and be entered to win one of 50 $50 Visa gift cards. Learn more about demand rates at MWEnergy.com under the Residential tab. Midwest Energy, a customer-owned cooperative, making energy work for you. Back. Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. Seven thirty-four Mountain, eight thirty-four Central Time on a Wednesday. By the way, another chance to win from the Kansas Lottery right now. If you want to text in the word "dead" to seven eight five eight nine nine two 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 two, you could be a winner from the Kansas Lottery. Got ourselves Day of the Dead tickets. Got a couple more to give away the rest of this week. Seven eight five eight nine nine two 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 to be a winner from the Day of the Dead uh, scratch tickets for the Kansas Lottery. Text in the word "dead" right now. Uh, let's go to the phones. He's not dead. He's wide awake. That's Ryan Gilbert. He's on the phone with us now from GoParkat.com. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. How you doing, Ryan? Good, buddy. Good. Um, how's, how's the, how was the summer? Treat you well? Been good. You know, I'm not dead. Um, so, <laughs> Thank goodness. Good. Yeah, right. It's been hot, but it's been, it's been good, man. We're, we're getting close to football season. Did you ever get that air conditioner worked on in that car yet? No, 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 no. It's, it's becoming a pride thing, isn't it? Yeah, at this point, I'm kind of just sort of running out the shot clock with this car. I'm not going to really sell it until something something happens with the engine or something. So we are running without the AC, Ross, man. I hope you, if you have air conditioning, you, you uh, appreciate that every day that you drive around in that car that you got. You know, my pickup that I had had air conditioner issues for multiple years, and it finally, I finally got someone to figure out what was wrong with it and got it fixed, and it works amazingly. And so I'm very thankful uh, for that. Uh, shout out Hurl Chevrolet GMC. Thank you. Same, yeah, same one I have now. Same one. It's great. Okay. It's great. Okay. And I and I just want to say, you know, if there's a reason you can't get a date, it's because you probably stink in your car. It's probably the reason why. <laughs> Keep <laughs> that in mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might be on to something. Man. I think. Something. I think we figured out the source of the problem. No one wants to go sit in a hot car. It's it's if we're going into dating season for Ryan Gilbert, the temperatures are cooling down. 
That's what it's going to yep. be. We're moving into dating season. <laughs> Uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Ryan Gilbert, GoParacat.com, our good friend uh, on the phone here. Uh, Ryan, let's start with football. We're in the thick of fall camp or late summer camp, or everyone want to call it, for for the K-State Wildcats. I mean, from what I can tell from a distance is it just seems like it's very much business as usual for Kansas State. What what have your guys at, what, at GoParacat takeaways been from the first couple of weeks of K-State fall camp? Yeah, we have had a we've had a chance to to be at uh, a couple open practices, the beginning portions of that when they're going through walkthroughs, and we've also had a chance to talk to pretty much every coach now um, at this point in time. And so there's been obviously a lot of sort of exposure to the team, but as far as breaking news or you know hard hitting analysis, we haven't had a whole lot of that. You know, there is obviously some coach speak at this time of the year, as there always seems to be. Um, I will say that, you know, Christian Duffy from the offensive line, his injury is going to sideline him for a few weeks at least. And that's very notable. You know, a lot of people talk about this offensive line for Kansas State, everybody coming back from last season, you know, just the experience that that group has, the continuity, uh, you know, losing a a key piece in there, you know, is tough. And obviously K-State's non-conference does feature a road game at Missouri, will not be a walk in the park. and so. You know, that's just kind of a, a situation to monitor with Christian Duffy. Don't expect them to be gone all season long, but, you know, K-State's greatest strength is going to be tested earlier than expected, right? Other than that, it's kind of just been business as usual. Will Howard's got the keys to this team. You're hearing good things about Uso Sayamalu. You know, you're hearing good things about um, Treshawn Ward coming in from Florida State. You're hearing good things about – Jacob Parrish, a cornerback who's sort of emerging for the Wildcats. You're hearing good things about a lot of players on this team, as you would expect to at this time of year. So we're getting close, I think, for, what, 17 days now from kickoff. And, you know, I think probably the biggest key for K-State here in this non-conference slate, don't have a slip-up game like you had last year against Tulane. Obviously, Tulane ended up to be a pretty darn good football team last year. But at the time, it looked like a pretty bad loss for K-State. Yeah, it ended up not looking too bad after all, that's for sure. Ryan Gilbert yeah. of GoPowerCat.com here on the Morning Blitz with us. K-State was ranked 16th in the AP Top 25 uh, that came out a couple days ago. I think it was on Monday it came out. Um, was that the right spot for them, you think? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's fair. I, I really do. Um, you know, you, K-State, what it did last year, you know, if, if, if that's a team that returns, everybody is without a doubt a top 10 team. Um, you know, if everyone were to come back, you could make an argument that could, you know, maybe be a top five team, but you lose Deuce Fawn. That right there is killer. You know, the wide receiver room uh, loses Malik Knowles and Philip Brooks. You're losing Felix Kanzika Uzama, who's now off to the NFL. And of course, you're losing Julius Prince, Echo Boydo. They're going to have their chances in the National Football League. I, you know, I don't want to say K-State didn't do anything in the portal because they did bring in, you know, Treshawn Ward. They've got Keegan Johnson, a wide receiver who's going to make an impact. But I think K-State, by and large, probably lost a little bit more than it gained. To be fair, though, you know, when you do lose those star players, it opens up the door for the players behind them to make an impact. And, you know, the opportunity is there for the taking, but we just haven't necessarily seen it yet. And so I think a 16th spot, you know, that's fair. Anywhere from, I would say, 15, maybe even 13 or 14 to 20 it would be fair for this team. There's obviously a lot of good things to look at, but 
you can't deny the fact that K-State is losing some firepower from last year's squad. Yeah, you bring up the playmakers and the ones that they lost. Um, how, how has that looked, or, or how has, from what you've been able to tell and read the tea leaves, how has that gone about replacing some, I mean, not just playmakers, but some really, really big-time ones in an All-American like Deuce Vaughn? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no replacing him, but, you know, K-State, they want him, excuse me, they want Deuce they want DJ Giddens and they want Treshawn Ward to be their own players. They don't want them to be Deuce Vaughn. Uh, you know, with all due respect to Vaughn, they want them to play with their own style and be their own running back and, and do the things that they can do and not just try to replicate what Deuce Vaughn did. And so, you know, Giddens is obviously a player that we've talked about a lot here, Ross, a player that really sort of emerged last season through a lot of portions of that uh, 2020, you know, uh, 2022 campaign he got a lot better and he's going to build off of that for sure whereas Treshawn Ward is obviously new to the system but he's got a lot of power five experience under his belt and so it's going to be maybe a little bit more of a, a traditional might be the wrong word but more of a normal looking offense right where you just have a couple running backs that go in there run the football they can catch it of course and do all that stuff but it's not just going to be a circus out there with Deuce Vaughn if, if that makes sense. You know, one of the big question marks that ESPN was talking about in the article after the AP was released was, you know, will they learn in September, you know, are placing those guys like Deuce Vaughn, you know, Phillip Brooks, you know, whoever, or you know, Malik Knowles, whoever, Malik Knowles, those guys, you're going to lose those guys, those great playmakers. How do you replace them? And, but my, always thought, my thought has always been, well, they still have that great offensive line, and if you can put just decent guys behind a really good offensive line, those other guys will shine. Do you believe that's the case, or do you think that could take a game, two, who knows, maybe one of the first four for these playmakers to kind of find their own way? Maybe it'll take a little bit of time. Um, I think it's interesting. I think DJ Giddens, his role might actually decrease as the year goes on just because he, as of at this moment right now, he's the guy that has the experience in this system. But as the year goes on and as Treshawn Ward you know, gets more experience, I think that maybe he takes a leap forward. Uh, and becomes more of the dominant running back, that number one back for Kansas State. But, you know, I agree, Ross. It's, you know, as long as you have a good offensive line, you know, the running back, obviously if you have a player like Deuce Vaughn, you know, you look at the NFL, there's a few superstars. You know, Derrick Henry, um, you know, comes to mind where it's like, okay, it doesn't matter who the rest of the offense is, this guy's going to hurt you. But I think also you look at, like, what the Chiefs have done recently with that success it doesn't matter who's playing running back. As long as you've got a good team, a good line, a solid line around you, you know, the difference between, I would say, like the third or fourth best running back in the Big 12 to the last best running back in the Big 12 is, is really not that great. So you've got someone with quickness. You know, running back is a running back. A lot of players, there's thousands of players out there that could, you know, be a Division One running back in college football um, without a doubt. So I think that, this group, the running backs aren't going to have much of a problem. Maybe early on, you know, maybe Treshawn Ward has a, a hiccup or two just with it, you know, being in the new system. Didn't have to, he wasn't afforded the opportunity to play spring ball with his injury. So maybe that takes a little bit of time. But, you know, once we get in the thick of conference play, I don't see that being much of an issue. Ryan Gilbert from GoPowerCat.com here on the phone with us uh, talking K State football. Defensively, we know the secondary is in a rebuild, reload mode, but for the for the most part, the front seven is still intact. Is that is that stayed true here in camp? 
Yeah, pretty much everybody has uh, remained healthy. I mentioned Uso Sayamalu just a moment ago. Um, he's missed a few practices, I believe. I don't know the ins and outs of his injury or anything like that, but you know they shot that down when they were asked about him that he'd be back very soon. And so every, you know, there hasn't really been any hiccups as far as injuries go. Of course, you lose those players that that graduated or went to the NFL that we talked about here earlier, Ross. But I mean. You know the front seven is is going to have to carry the load a little bit, given just the youth and, and experience of that secondary that K State has. Before we let you go, Ryan, I want to touch on basketball. They're over in Israel, Abu Dhabi, for the next I don't know ten days or so, and they're going to. Of course, they had a win last night um, over the Israeli select team. And we got to see, well, we'll see, but we got to, to read that Arthur Kaluma had himself a really good game. I'm not surprised seeing Arthur Kaluma play all those years at Creighton and how good of a player he is. But what were your thoughts when you got to see what happened with, with the K-State Wildcats and really their first time coming together as this new team? Well, the game was actually live-streamed on a K-State Sports athletic stage. and So I watched from opening tip to the final buzzer. I was impressed with Arthur Kaluma. That was probably my biggest takeaway from the game was just how, how good he looked. I think we heard all the hype with him coming in from Creighton, and I, I expected it maybe to take a little bit more time just for him to look like that. The biggest question mark for me with Kaluma was his three-point shooting, and Kaluma looked great from beyond the arc. On K-State's three first offensive possessions, two of those ended in an Arthur Kaluma three-pointer going through the basket. So, he showed that he can do everything. Of course, he can operate in the mid-range game and get to the basket and score. I was impressed with Kaluma. I was impressed with Cam Carter. I think we're going to see him take a step forward and not just be a role player like kind of we saw from him last year where he just provided his defense and, you know, had the energy, all that stuff. I, I think he's going to be a guy that scores double-digit points night in and night out for this game. And I was also impressed with the freshmen, R.J. Jones and Day-Day Ames for Kansas State. They looked like they belonged out there. They were calm, you know. They were poised. They were not really. Uh, they, they didn't look like freshmen. They looked like they belonged. And so I talked about the good here. You know, I will say that a few players, Tyler Perry, he only had two two turnovers when you look at the box score. But the North Texas transfer, I, I think that he needs to be a little bit more uh, careful with the basketball. You know, there were a lot of times where. You know, it, the, the the possession didn't result in a turnover, but I, I think he looked a little iffy at times just being a point guard. Perry could score the ball without a doubt. He, you know, he, I'm not concerned about his perimeter shooting or his abilities to score, but him being a point guard and a guy that facilitates the offense, I think that that might need a little bit of work. And maybe I'm just spoiled because of what Marquise Noel did last year, but I think Perry might have a little bit to improve on just as far as being a quarterback to the to the K-State offense. And then, I, you know, Michaela Britch and Dorian Finister, those are a few guys that when I was watching, I thought that they maybe were a half a step behind. Obviously, it's early. It's the middle of August. We've got a long ways to go until now, you know, from the start of the basketball season. But, you know, Michaela Britch is a heck of an athlete, but I think he might be a little bit raw right now. And Dorian Finister is a guy who they wanted to redshirt last year. I'm not sure if that ended up actually happening. I don't know if they got that waiver approved, but, you know, maybe he's a step behind as well. But it's early. You know, I like to take everything here with a grain of salt from what we saw um, against the Israel Select. But 
K-State was without David Gasson. He's competing with the Netherlands uh, national team right now. And so if they had Gasson, maybe they win it by more than seven points. And the one real concerning thing for me was Arizona uh, played this same exact Israel select team and won by about 50 points. K-State was able to squeak out with the seven-point victory. And Israel select played the night before against Arizona. And so (laughs) I thought they were going to have, you know, fatigue. K-State was going to come in with fresh legs and just blow them out of the gym. That didn't happen. And obviously it's early, didn't have David Gasson. There's a long ways to go, but I expected K-State to maybe be a little bit better just in terms of the final score. But I'd have to pull up the numbers here. Israel Select was shooting the cover off the basketball from deep. They hit uh, 14 three-pointers from deep. I got it pulled up here. And so a win's a win. You know, I'm not going to sit here and and put too much stock into this game just because it's the first live action this team has had ever um, as a group. And so, you know, we'll give it some time, but certainly things to build off of and, and absolutely some things to work on as well. Okay, one more thing here. I was talking about this earlier in the show, but this formula that Jerome Tang has, and I personally, this is just me being the skeptic, I guess, last year was kind of a, I want to say a flash in the pan, but the stars aligned last year. New guys came in, gelled well, got on a good heater, got in the tournament, stayed hot, made all the way to lead eight. I don't think this year is going to look end up looking like that. That's just my opinion. But the formula that Jerome Tang has right now, I can kind of already see it going. Recruit really well. Bring in two to three really high-impact transfer, transfers that can impact your program for a year or maybe two and build, and, and build it that way. And it really, really seems like with like Arthur Kaluma, Perry, Cam Carter, who played good yesterday. I mean, that kind of formula is something that you can continue to sustain success with, I feel like. Sure, sure. And I agree that the stars kind of aligned last year. At this point, one year ago, Keontae Johnson was not committed to K-State, right? Desi Sills hadn't stepped foot on campus. And so, you know, the stars kind of did align. And, you know, Jerome Tang's not willing to sacrifice the culture that he wants at K-State. Um, if you have, if you're a good player, you know, talent, athleticism, whatever that may be, if you don't fit Jerome Tang's culture, you're not going to, he's not going to recruit you. And, you know, K-State got a commitment from Quez Glover yesterday from Stanford. He's a guy that can score, but also, you know, maybe had some turnovers uh, that might be looming in his game. But, um, you know, at this point in time, K-State's not going to just, you know, take anybody. Jerome Chang's okay with waiting and waiting and waiting um, with those guys that he takes from the portal. And so, you know, that formula that you mentioned, yeah, you know, recruit high school ranks, add a few guys that can give you some experience um, um, from the portal. I'm curious how it looks five years from now. Is it still the same exact formula? Or does Jerome Tang sort of uh, hold on to his high school recruits longer and longer? Because coaches always talk about the Big 12, you want to get old and you want to stay old, right? And so – you know, maybe I think in Jerome Tang's ideal world, there's a little less transfer portal in the future just because of your R.J. Jones of the world, your David Castillo's, you know, Day-Day Ames, all these guys, the high school guys that they're getting, they stay till their senior year. They buy in. They don't just bail if they're not playing 30 minutes a game in their freshman year. And I think Jerome Tang is honest with his recruiting pitch to these players, even when 
he had, you know, 11 spots to fill last off season. I think he's always honest with, with the playing time that they will or will not get, you know, it's got to be earned. So I think right now that's accurate, Ross, what you mentioned, but I'm curious, you know, five years from now, how different does that look? Um, and who knows how the, the transfer portal NIL situation, who knows how that's going to look in the future as well. It's like, that's just, just always changing. Yeah, you just never know. That's for sure. Uh, once again, Ryan Gilbert, GoPowerCat.com. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your day, and stay as cool as you can. Yes, sir. I'll stay out of my car um, <laughs> anytime the sun's yeah, out. Yeah, stay out of the car. Thanks, buddy. Uh, good stuff there from Ryan Gilbert, uh, GoPowerCat.com. Read him stuff. Follow him on Twitter as well. All right, let's uh, get to our break. Come back, wrap the show. Royals and Rockies both lose some heartbreakers last night. That's next on The Blitz. Have you heard? The Burlington Home Center is now at your Burlington home store. After these recent icky big storms, well, yes, we needed that moisture. Rest assured, your Burlington home store has plenty of home and business repair needs, including your windows, doors, siding, and to top it all off, your roofing needs. They have the tools you need, too. All at your Burlington home store on West Highway 24. It's back to school time. Get ready to be the envy of the carpool with help from Vince's GM Center. Upgrade your ride with a new or pre-owned vehicle from Vince's GM Center. Visit us at 1847 Rose Avenue in Burlington or check out our inventory at vincesgmcenter.com. Don't need a new car just yet? Keep your vehicle running smoothly all school year long with our certified service department. Get ready for back to school with Vince's GM Center. Selling cars for years, making friends for life. Farmers State Bank of Oakley has been financing agriculture since the day we opened our doors. Hello, this is Corbin, and we are proud to be your locally owned partner in ag. We invite you to come and visit with us when you need to purchase new or used farm equipment, or need any type of agriculture or business loan. We have the knowledge, experience, and financial resources to keep you growing. The Farmers State Bank of Oakley, a tradition of community and agriculture for over 115 years. Member FDIC. Harvest more of what you grow with a Case IH Axial Flow Combine from Colby Ag Center in Colby. Axial Flow Combines deliver cleaner grain samples straight from the field. That means more grain and less dockage at the elevator. And with AFS Harvest Command, you get harvesting technology that monitors changing crop conditions and proactively adjusts the combine to optimize the settings. Technology that puts more grain in the tank and money in the bank. Find it today at Colby Ag Center in Colby. Are you getting all the discounts you're entitled to on your home and auto insurance? Multi-car, multi-policy, common loss deductible, remodel credits are just a few options available. Do you have a special circumstance requiring insurance coverage? We might be able to help with that also. Check with the girls at the insurance agency at 1020 Main Street in Goodland or call 785-899-5011. We offer coverage from several companies to best suit your insurance needs. Call or stop by and talk to Roxanne, Susan, or Judy for all your insurance needs. Final steps to be completed soon for the new hyperbaric oxygen therapy at Cheyenne County Hospital. This new HBO service will be in addition to the existing wound care clinic. HBO is a complementary therapy used to treat various conditions, including diabetic foot wounds. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy, safe and effective method of delivering oxygen to the body at a cellular level. Call the wound care clinic at the Cheyenne County Hospital. It's the Morning Blitz. What is this, amateur hour? Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central, on 1025U Rock and the Rocking M app. 
it again. The one-two. Swing and a miss. He got him with the sweeper. Back here on a Wednesday morning. Wrap of the show. Final couple points to make here before we get to the walk-off. Both the Rockies and the Royals, who had come from behind wins on Monday night, had come from behind losses on Tuesday night. The Rockies probably suffered the worst of all. Colorado after a two-run bomb from Bretton Doyle to break a three-all tie in the seventh to make it 5-3 would then surrender five runs in the ninth inning. And that was all coming off of Justin Lawrence, who struck out the side on Monday night, came out and gave up five runs on five hits on Tuesday night, and the Diamondbacks come back to beat the Rockies 8-5. And that game will be... There will be a Game 3 rubber match game today at 110 Mountain Time. I believe that's right. 110 Mountain Time? Yes, 110 Mountain Time on AM 730 Fox Sports. Tries to even catch that game there. So he decides to win between the Royal, sorry, the Rockies and the D-backs. And then the Royals, just like their game Monday night, you know, uh, Seattle got a lead. Or actually, I think it was reversed, actually, to an extent. Kansas City got a lead, blew it, then won it. KC, this time, got down. Came back on the heels of a grand slam by the red-hot Bobby Witt Jr. Hit a grand slam in the bottom of the fifth. That made it a two-run game. Royals would be down going into the ninth by three, but would score three runs in the ninth. Lassie, two RBI single, and then a Salvador Perez uh, RBI single to tie it eight. Sent it to the tenth, and then Mariners would score ten runs off of Tucker Davidson, or sorry, 10 runs, would score two runs in the top of the 10th off Tucker Davidson to make it a 10-8 final score Mariners win. And so that series will have game three of four today at 6-10 Mountain Time. Sorry, 6-10 Mountain, 7-10 Central Time, which you can listen to on AM 790 X. So there's your baseball update for the Royals and the Rockies, who once again play again today. All right, let's uh, get to the walk-off here. A three-run walk-off home run. A game-winning walk-off with a walk-off. His second walk-off hit of the season. In walk-off fashion, that baby's gone. You heard Ryan Gilbert talk about it a little bit there at the end, how they, you know, the addition of guys late last year. Well, Kansas State and Drumtang did it again. Yesterday, they filled one of their two empty spots for next season with Samford transfer Quez Glover. Glover at Sanford last year averaged 14 points, two assists. Uh, that's a step back from his junior year, which he had 19-4. Uh, and then he also played at Florida with Keontae Johnson at one point in time, only averaged around four points. But Quest Glover, I mean, he's a six-foot, 180-pound point guard. And I know Ryan Gilbert said he kind of struggled with some turnovers. Okay. But if, if Jerome Tank can do it back-to-back years, pulling some guy out of the portal late and him being a massive impact guy, whether he's on the same level of Keontae Johnson or uh, whoever it may be, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But if he can be some sort of an impact, huge deal. Huge deal. Quest Glover uh, joining the K-State men's basketball team. That is it for our program today. Thanks again to Ryan Gilbert. Thanks again to you for listening. Appreciate you tuning in. We're back again tomorrow in 23 hours for a Thursday program. Jeff Hennick, Oakland High School Football Coach, is going to join us tomorrow on the Blitz. Hope to see you then. We'll see you tomorrow in 23 hours.